Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. This is April 26th, 2021. Fightful.com. This is the post-Raw podcast. I am joined tonight by Denise Salcedo, and unfortunately, it is a very two-dimensional Denise Salcedo. The, the, The 360 era is over. Thank God. You know, I got the worst end of that yesterday. Like, you guys, like, you and Steven did not look as bad as I did. Like, I came out looking like Megamind's twin sister, okay? It was so embarrassing. And then I went this morning, and I saw how many thousands of views there were, and I just thought, Jesus Christ, this is terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was that... rooting for this video not to get that many views, and then I come on here, and I'm thinking, great, of all the videos to get a ton, ton oh, of you... views, it's got to be that that one huh your new talent denise on on the impact show so we got to make our money back on you and the the 360 version did get like twelve thousand views but the thank you to over gosh i think it's over twenty five thousand of you that have listened watched uh whatever the impact show across our platforms um but you won't be able to watch on youtube for a while denise do you know why why what's happening what i miss I got banned from YouTube or from Facebook for 30 days today. Again? Sean, you've been banned like every other week. Yes, I have. I was banned a few weeks ago. Hear me out. You saw the pictures that I posted on Instagram, right? Of me and the, the Ted DiBiase wrestling buddy. It's sitting right over there. You all can't see it. I posted a picture of myself beating up a Ted DiBiase wrestling buddy when I was a little kid. And then me putting it in the million dollar dream. Now, 
one of my friends on Facebook, by the way, guys, don't add me on Facebook. You, there's nothing there for you. And I can't add you anyway right now. So <laughs> my friend mess or, or comments and says, hey, I think I had one of those and a sting when I was a little kid. And then I commented, let's beat its ass. And it got flagged for bullying and harassment. That's what it was? I got flagged for bullying and harassing a 30-year-old Ted DiBiase wrestling buddy. I even appealed it, and they upheld it, Denise. Sean, do you think it's because of your track record now? Oh, for sure. Sh- doesn't trust, trust you anymore. I'm sure if like, anybody else would have done this, they would have just like <laughs> let it slide. But you already have a reputation. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I've gotten away with some pretty colorful language in the past on on Facebook, but this is this is crossing the line. This is too much. You're being silent, Sean. This I, is it. I you am being silent. You need to go and protest <laughs> outside of Facebook headquarters. Where do they have their headquarters? Do they have? I, them? I don't know, but I don't want to go there. I don't even know where. I don't even know oh. where they have them. Oh, I'm assuming they're probably like in Silicon Valley or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. But you should go and you should protest. I, I appealed with the oversight committee. We'll see how that goes. I don't think very well. But guys, please leave a thumbs up. Please subscribe. Tap that bell for notifications. And donate a super chat. That will really help us get your questions or statement reads on the, read on the air. Also, if you want to ask more questions every week, I do a Q&A show over at FightfulSelect.com. Just today, we had our Backstage Report podcast. It's 15, 20 minutes of just exclusive news every week from me, myself. And then today... I had news on a lot of the creative shakeup uh, of Raw, as well as the Randy Orton entry update, as you saw. He's still working. He's still good. But I got an entry update on what happened last week. So FightfulSelect.com. And make sure you check out all of our great interviews. I interviewed Eddie Edwards this week. Interviewed Chelsea Green last week. I got another one coming this week. And a big one next Monday. I just announced it this weekend. The former Steve Cutler, Steve Macklin, the first interview he's doing after his WWE release dropping next Monday, Fightful.com. Make sure you guys check it out. We talked for over an hour. We talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about him. Like We, we started at the big, at the end, too. We almost Tarantinoed it. Like From his release, his very controversial release, him going to a party that, that got him fired, uh, the Jackson Riker tweets, the Knights of the Lone Wolf, the Forgotten Sons getting called up, him being in the at the performance center for years, uh, a whole a lot, lot of juicy stuff. stuff, Sean. Oh, we got a lot of good stuff there. A whole lot there. Check it out, guys. Also, uh, Wesley Blake's release. There's so much going on, and look, people are already showing us some love. Kyrick says a small super chat to so, show some support for Fightful. Heck yeah. That's what we Especially like to see. Especially since you got to make the money and, back from last night's show. Yeah, Richie, Richie just sent in a blank super chat. Richie, I assume you meant to put a message there. If not, okay, we just appreciate you. How about that one? Uh, Zach Barber says, Denise won't get this, but I finally realized that Adnan Vert reminds me of Mike O'Malley with his slightly corny over-exuberance. I kind of see that, but Mike O'Malley had natural hosting ability, and I'm sure Adnan Vert does in another medium, but I definitely get what you're saying, Zach. Uh, I love Nickelodeon Guts, but tonight, Denise, was week three of Adnan Verk, and I think it was the worst night of Adnan Verk. 
Tonight is the night that I would suggest he does not go on the internet, that he does not go on social media because I saw that he was trending and I went and I clicked and I didn't even scroll that much through these hashtags and they there was not one positive comment. And I, I let's just say this is, this would not be the day for him to go in there and read these comments. Not no, today. it wouldn't. And um, I, so I don't muddy the waters with constant complaints throughout the nights of uh, Adnan Verk was bad and Adnan Verk was bad. It's just that he got worse from week one because he did the the old WWE thing, Denise. He called every move as, oh, and ooh. And the thing that I noticed the most was he's, he's starting to get more comfortable interrupting other commentators. For example, Mace does a, a nice swinging sidewalk slam and Adnan Verk, it seems like he's in his own head saying, I know that move. Mace with a huge slam and he cuts off somebody and I'm like ah man do you think maybe it was like okay the first week we're gonna let it slide because he's new it's his first day the second week people were just kind of you know really maybe not even focusing on it and then this week it was just something that was more noticeable but I'm not surprised whatsoever because again based on what I've read as to what has led for him getting this opportunity and his uh, background knowledge per se of wrestling of WWE really was not that great so I'm like I'm not surprised that this is the stuff that we're hearing. And also I have heard, you know, because, you know, prior to this, you know, he was doing the MLB stuff, correct? So I did hear that, you know, some of the fans from that, obviously, you know, that and watch, but I hear people that did watch that weren't a fan of his work there. So it is pretty interesting to see that, you know, this sort of is something that we're, we're, it's a trend that we're seeing here. And unfortunately, it's just not looking too good for him right now. Richie says, Adnan Verk was bad tonight. We're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, and like he's trying to do the thing that turns off an awful lot of people, the pop culture references, like the Promising Young Woman reference with, with Mandy Rose. It's like, ha, ha, ha. We get it. It was nominated for a bunch of Oscars last night. Good job, man. It's It's not as natural when he does it. See, yeah, that's the thing. And I know that some people had that criticism about Morrow, but when Morrow did it, it was something that was like, it worked for him because that was his style. That was who he was. And, you know, that was fun for him. And I just like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel the same. And I was even wondering if part of the reason why today he came in here and he had a little bit more of those forced enthusiasms. Part of me was wondering if a lot of this had to do with the, you know, with what people were saying on social media about Morrow last night on rebellion where it's like oh did you remember what Morrow brought to the table that now you're like hey you should probably try to be a little bit more like this i don't know if that's something that obviously was said but it's something that definitely crossed my mind uh we have ricardo holt uh saying mr raw would rather watch you guys hi denise hello there anakin jmt says having good or have a good show looking to get a vr headset to fully experience last night's epic post show Wait, so if they had a headset, they could have been like touching yes. our faces and they're, stuff? They're, they're legitimately people who told me they watched it with a, with an Oculus Rift or something like that. Yeah. And was it like a better we, experience? We need to sell cool? an NFT of that show, I think. Also this week, Denise, on Quizzlemania, I'm debuting my own NFT. Lovely. I just learned what NFTs are, and I'm still not even sure I understand the concept. Uh, tune in. Tune in to Quizzlemania, guys. Uh, Maurice says, Sean, uh, do you think D- Double or Nothing will have crowds? Yeah, they've been having crowds for a while. Uh, and what does Denise think of Taylor Swift's Lover album and where does it rank? Let's keep this one short. 
Oh, well, sorry. This is this is the thing for everybody. I'm not allowed to talk very much on this podcast. Thanks, yeah. Sean. Uh, the Lover album is fantastic, and that is all I'm allowed to say at the moment. Brandon Charles Palaces wasn't able to catch the Impact Post Show live. Watched the replay first thing this morning, and I thought I may need to call out of work. Fun way to start my Monday. We do have the regular version up now. Like, it is up. Sean, you know what was the worst part of that, though, is that when you log in, head. yeah, it's my forehead. Like, that's the default setting. Yeah. It's just my forehead. Like, what if people didn't know, like, hey, I can move this around? I'm sure there's people out there that didn't just, know that they can move the screen around. And they just watched my forehead the entire show. I'm just saying, I know personally. What, what do you know, I know Sean? personally you're wearing your bangs down right now because you thought it might happen again. No, that's actually not the reason. I actually put extra makeup on just because I felt so terrible of how I looked yesterday. So I was like, I need to get extra dolled up for today to make up for how terrible I looked yesterday. Oh, man. Thanks, Sean. You did this to me. You did this to me. (laughs) I blame you. Oh, guys. Kate Hensler says, big wrestling question. Why do I do this to myself weekly? I tweeted tonight, Denise. Uh, it got to 7.55, and I said, you know what? I'm going to wait until 8.45 and watch this show. 15 minutes of commercials each hour, and then I got to 8.45, and I saw the tweets, and I said, nope, I'm going to wait until 9. I waited until 9.10, and uh, I was caught up within 67 minutes. So next week, I might try for 9.20. Did it make your viewing experience better? Did yeah, because I saw a little bit more. Yeah, because at 8 p.m. Eastern, one, I didn't have to sit through as much stuff, but at 8 p.m., I was watching the season one finale of Barry, which is way better than Raw usually is. And I didn't think tonight, at least compared to the last month, was terrible. Now, that might be me grading on a scale, Denise. That might yes. be me looking at the last two weeks and going, those were two of the worst episodes I've ever seen. Sean, I had a totally different experience from you today, and I thought this was the, by far the worst week since since Mania. By far worse than Raw after Mania, worse than last week. By, I think, God, like 6.40 for me, I looked at the clock and I thought to myself, oh my God, there's still an hour and 20 minutes left on the show. And I watched, obviously, live with the commercials and everything. But by the time we got to the main event, it was just kind of more so of, all right, the show needs to end so I could come on here and do this post show and go too bad but for me this was a this felt like a very very long journey kinshiro says the 360 couldn't even get a three-week push nah it died faster than raw underground bob says new tag team srs and sean mcmahon team bully hey i'm not a bully i'm not a bully but we appreciate (laughs) you bob i was glad to see you over on fightful select this week as well i'm choking because you are definitely a bully Omar says, how long do AJ and Omos have before they strip the titles, assuming they're not in the backlash uh, pay-per-view? As as soon as they're able, they'll be there. That much I tell you. Uh, that much I tell you, and they're, they were hoping that they'll be back soon. Morrow says, Ben Dover for Vince. Okay, thanks. <laughs> uh, Gabe, actually, I'll save that for the, the women's tag match, but uh, I mentioned Quizzlemania. Before we get into the review, I want to mention I'll be on Stephanie Chase's uh, celebration uh, show this week. I don't know if I'm supposed to announce that. I don't know, but I want to show her some love. Uh, we are a Stephanie Chase Stan website over here, so uh, show her some love. She's great. And L. Fermentado says, how do you start the show with a DQ and a 10 count? 
Well, Denise, because it's Monday Night Raw. I I didn't mind how they set up the opening handicap match. Like, okay, Braun thinks he can do what Drew couldn't last week. It's just, by the time it happened, I was just like, eh, I know that they're not going to have a clean win here. And I don't know what we're supposed to call them. Not retribution? Is that what we're supposed to call them? I not guess. retribution. Did the same thing. You knew it was going to turn into a tag match. We all knew it was going to turn into a tag match, and it did, Denise. All right. So this for me felt like once this this is how we kicked off. So I got the email like for Raw promoting it, and I saw that this match was announced, and I thought, oh no, like this is where we're going with. And then this is how we kicked off the show. And this really was a copy and paste from last week. I mean, you just swapped a couple of things out, but it was really the exact same thing. And once I realized that this is how we were starting, I think that that's what kind of set the tone for, all right, today's show is not going to be what I hoped that it would be. Every week I come in thinking that maybe we might get something a little bit different, a little bit more exciting. Um, And I even tweeted that out prior to the show and everybody laughed at me. Hell, I laughed at me. And this was just this exact same thing. And there's certain things that I think could have been done differently. I really do think that like if they really were serious serious about T-Bar and Mace, they would have just let T-Bar and Mace actually beat Braun Strowman. Like, it would have not hurt Braun Strowman whatsoever. They didn't have to turn this into, you know, exactly what they did last week. And also, I do think that they really do need to ditch the names for T-Bar and Mace because at this point, like, the names are soiled and I just, I can't get past it. So for me, it made both Braun Strowman look dumb in this and it made Drew McIntyre look dumb in this. And I have way more to say about Drew McIntyre and his booking since WrestleMania. But for now, this is where I'll say I did not like anything that was done in this opening segment whatsoever. And I completely get it. Like there was, I could think of worse things than watching Drew and, and Dijak work, but it's just, and you can tell that they hastily planned this this unmasking and stuff because they were wearing like New Japan Young Lions all black gear with nothing on them. All right, I guess. We saw this last week, but the roles reversed. And then Braun power slammed Drew after the match because Drew accidentally hit Braun. Now, they are leaning awful heavy into Drew and Braun. We're talking four matches with each of them over the last two weeks. That's going a little too heavy-handed, I think. And even the verbiage too, like going back to T-Bar and Mesa's promo, like even that for me, like I don't, it, it's coming across as too cartoonish and I can't, I can't take them seriously. I really can't. Like they need to completely, like I get it. They took off the mask and all of that. And I'm 100% here for that, but they do need to rebrand them because this is just not working. Uh, Moro says, where's AJ? Uh, Omos wasn't uh, cleared a couple weeks ago. So that's all I know. DJ the Kid says, the only thing this segment was missing was Teddy Long making a tag team match, Playa. I wish they had at least like a a button they could press where you could do. That's what they need. You know where they have the dog for Roman Reigns entrance, the hologram? They have just Teddy Long pop up. It's a tag team match. I'll take anything right now. Anything that's new, I'll take it. Evan Wright says, Dijak and Dio helping Braun win at Backlash. I could think of worse things than Braun having a couple of guys with him, like Dio and Dijak, but um, I don't know. He's been beating him up for a couple of weeks, so that wouldn't make a ton of sense, I guess, unless they, they made sense of it, and that's not something I have confidence in WWE doing, Denise. 
I don't think so either. I mean, if this was something where everybody looked good and not everybody was being hurt by what they're doing in these storylines, then I would probably say yes. But at the moment, no. Rage Lack says, it's crazy how more established SmackDown's men's divisions is. Uh, outside of Lashley, Drew, who's the main event stuff? They have no one to face Sheamus. While SmackDown has Cesaro built up a juicy Zayn KO, Big E, Apollo four-way for the title. Th- you You should always have two or three people ready to go. But that's not what WWE does. They book pay-per-view to pay-per-view, and then they're like, who do we got? Who do we got? Instead of building someone who will be ready after the next pay-per-view, Denise. And this was some of the criticisms that I was planning on bringing up during the main event. So I'll probably go in depth more about that. But I do have to agree with that. And to be honest, right now at SmackDown, I wouldn't even say it's looking that much better right now. I mean, I'm sorry. I thought that, you know, the ending of last week's of this Friday SmackDown just made Cesaro look absolutely like a side dish plan B. You name it. I didn't think it made me as a viewer have any more interest in him and say, hey, I'm rooting for this guy. No, nothing whatsoever. So I wouldn't even go as far as to say that SmackDown has been has much more options. They have the options are there. It's just unfortunately nobody's actually being built up. Tyrone Kidd says, so when did Mason T Bar stop being retribution and start being modern day ascension? SMH. It, it there were a lot of comparisons to that, Denise. I won't bury them that much yet, but I see the comparisons. Seamus is on Raw Talk, says guess who's on Raw Talk? Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, but we also have Orlando Orego say, would you give them credit for trying? I mean, I didn't mind Raw tonight. There's some potential with a few segments or just hate everything. No, I won't give them credit for trying. This is the world's biggest wrestling company with almost unlimited resources, an insane amount of television experience. It's no, I'm not going to give them credit for trying. No, not at all. This is not an upstart company. This is not, this isn't the NWA behind a paywall on fight TV working with whatever they can get. This is the, this is WWE raw. This has been on for almost 30 years. No, I will not give them credit for trying at all. If they were trying, I would say, yes, give them credit. But I don't think that doing the exact same thing or different variations of the exact same thing every week would be considered trying. And that's a lot. And, you know, here I come on here and and I try to find a positive in everything. But seeing the same thing every week is not a positive. And I wouldn't consider that trying. Evan Wright says, Layla and Mizunami team going to get over huge thoughts. Uh, This would be better, sir, for the the AEW Wednesday show. I appreciate it, but I don't want to get too far off track. I think that Layla and Mizunami would be really good as a team. I hope they establish more of a team, uh, but yeah, I would I would like to see more of that. And you asked what happened with FTR and the Hughes brothers again. I have not watched Dark Elevation. I don't get to watch that till after this, so uh, yeah, I haven't exactly got gotten in on that. But we did have a super chat from last night from Eric who said AEW should send SCU to Impact, let them win the tag titles, have the Bucks beat them, and end their time as a team. Then the Bucks could drop them to an Impact team later on. I actually like that. SCU have a ton of history and impact. So I think that would be, that would make an awful lot of sense. And they could be basically impact wrestlers for a little bit and add a little bit of buzz there. I think that'd be cool. I actually wouldn't mind that for a couple of the sev- several young talents and tag teams on the AEW roster that don't always get to appear on Dynamite. I do think that 
appearing on Impact would definitely be a positive all around. Jamie Miles says Vince hates tag teams, but books tag matches. Yes, because it's lazy, easy booking, and he can put the singles guys over the tag guys. Kinshiro says Dijak looking like Wallace and Gromit versus Mad Max. Very clever. Uh, Norm Summers says two named Summers coming in at 180 miles up from the road. Uh, oh, okay. I thought I thought you were about to say like I was like, man, are you in space? What happened? Uh, he says pie chart Salcedo. What percentage of Raw was the same as last week? Sloppy shop and lazy booking. It is a lot of lazy booking. Did you see my meme? I, I, of course I did, yeah. Oh, thanks. You know, I just thought you ignored me 24-7, Sean. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? No. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, I just put, you know, you saw my meme. Raw, last week's Raw, and this week's Raw, but in yellow. Yeah. All right, I make myself laugh. Dark Saturday sends the Super Chat and says, spending a bit of my 21st birthday money to support the finest media personalities in wrestling. Hopefully tonight's Raw episode was at least decent. It was for me because I got to watch it in under two hours. Sorry, Denise, but you know what? Let's skip ahead and talk about. No, nah, let's not talk about one of those decent things. Let's talk about the tomatoes. Okay. How did I sense you were going with food? Do you have any idea how much I snacked during this edition of Raw? Probably a lot. Yeah, I had chips and a baguette. You got big ass head. Um, hey. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Zach Barber says, how is Riker the only forgotten son left? It is mind-boggling. It is, it's sad. It's very sad that, that man, it's sad that, that's, that he's the one that's left. Especially after the work that I know that Cutler and Blake put in. But they're out there. It's, it's Riker, it's Miz, it's Morrison, it's Elias. They're talking about being music geniuses. And Damian Priest and New Day come out and throw tomatoes. And I got to say, I actually didn't hate the tomato throwing. I love throwing shit at people. It's fun. Whatever. But what I hated was nothing after it made sense, Denise. Like, ideally, what they should do is, okay, there's no match. They got to clean tomatoes out of the ring. The heels will be really mad. And next week, like, Adam Pierce is like, I can't in good conscience let this match happen right now. Everybody's too heated over these tomatoes. Like, you set something up for the next week. Know what they do, Denise, after 732 camera cuts, they cut to a commercial in the middle of the most exciting thing of this 28-minute segment. 28-minute segment, Denise. They cut to a commercial. And these heels are so mad that what do they do? Headlock. Headlock. And Elias patiently waiting to start the match. I had a wrestler reach out to me and be like, that didn't make any sense. Like they just slap on a headlock after that. They just got embarrassed. They just got humiliated. Oh, what the hell, Denise? Where do I even start? All right. So first of all, this really with the whole concert and the way that they got things going, it really made you miss the rock and the rocks concert. So that was one thing that I did have to know. But I just kind of thought that they in the beginning, they made Damian Priest look a little silly, too, because he comes out and he's making fun of the Miz for getting beat by Bad Bunny. But I was like, bro, you got beat by the Miz. So that isn't that great either. And the tomato spot. okay, I allowed for a little bit. I get it. Throwing things at people is funny but to be honest I just like the whole setup to it wasn't enough to like actually keep me like all right this is great or anything like that whatsoever this match itself 
One change I think would have made this so much better, and that is if instead swap any of the guys out, whether it be Jackson Riker or Elias or The Miz, I don't care who, swap one of them out from Morrison. How Morrison wasn't included in this match and how he was, you know, out on the ring instead is I can't even fathom that. But the point is that if they would have just swapped him into this match, the dynamics of this match would have been a lot more fun and a lot more interesting. And the only spot I even enjoyed in this match was actually uh, the only spot that we that towards the end, I think when Priest did that flip to the outside of the ring, that was the best part. And that was it. That was the only memorable moment from this. Snoozer snoozer. I joked online that like, Riker being in this match was a rib, and we were not in on that rib. This match was just like, and they try to make Damian Priest like as like less cool every week, having him read this shit. It's so ridiculous. A uh, Gabe Teal says, "When's this feud gonna end?" They've been feuding since February. Yeah, move on. Oh, move on. February. It's gonna be a couple more months, man. We know Evan, these last six to eight months. <laughs> Evan Wright says, turned on the TV to see Riker, Miz, Elias, and Morrison talking. And I said, no, thank you. And muted. Pre-stuff isn't looking good for him either. No, it's not. It's not. And Justin Dolan says, imagine JR calling modern day Raw. Guitar case full of tomatoes. I mean, he if this were Attitude Era, they could have made something entertaining out of it, I'm sure. Like, that wasn't the problem that I had with this. It was everything after Everything after this, it was just so lame. Uh, Nick says, incredible WWE keeps stumbling onto metaphors for how dire Raw has become. First trash bags, now literal rotten tomatoes. RIP the wasted produce. And yeah, and then you had Adnan Verk. Oh, this is going to score high on rotten tomatoes. God damn, bro. Yeah. Come on, you can tell that. You can tell that was something that they worked on. That was something that like, oh, make sure you say this. <laughs> Oh, this is bad. This is bad. Uh, just Mo Moro says, honestly, who throws a shoe? Oh, Denise, you know what that's from, right? No. The Austin Powers movie, the guy who threw the shoe. I've never seen Austin Powers. I'm sorry. Really? really? Well, yeah. he, he Austin Powers gets attacked by a henchman who throws a shoe at him. And he looks at the guy and he goes, honestly, who throws a shoe? Do you want to know the answer to that, Denise? What's the answer to a that? A gang rapist throws a shoe. I'm very confused. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do a full video on this in the future. It's it's in the works. The guy who threw the shoe at Austin Powers is a gang rapist. He actually fought in the UFC. He is most famous in his MMA career for getting punched in the dick repeatedly back when UFC had no rules. And back then, back then... A lot of people were like, oh my gosh, this guy that punched another guy in the balls, he's such a bad dude. Then it comes out years later that the guy that got punched in the nuts had gang raped a woman in 1990. So in actuality, the guy who punched this fella in the penis, right in the penis repeatedly, is a hero. This is a real story. It's coming. I believe you. I believe you. His name is Joe Sun. I'm telling you, look it up. I have no follow-up to this. I'm sorry. Christian Rodriguez says Damian Priest as Punisher Martinez in ROH was really good. Now he's not relevant on Raw. I wouldn't say he's not relevant on Raw. I would say that they're doing their best to make him not relevant on Raw. 
I would say that, okay, I can't neither disagree or agree with that statement because there is, a unfortunately, the way that things have been going for Damian Priest, they have been making him less relevant each, each and every single week. And I was also the biggest fan of Punishment Martinez. So this is really oh, yeah. has bummed me out to see how things have progressed. Guys, reminder, please leave a thumbs up on this video. It helps us an awful lot. And subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. We are like eight away from a big, big goal. They reset a lot at the end of the month, but it would help a lot. If like eight of you would just go over and subscribe. Aaron Entertainment says, homework for Denise, watch Austin Powers. Oh, no, I, I don't, no. I don't, I don't think the humor in that movie has uh, has aged well. I just, It's one of those movies that, yeah. The last time this happened to me, I watched that one movie. What's that movie that made me? John Doe? Jer- oh, no. Joe? John, Joe John Dirt. Dirt. Joe, Joe Dirt. Dirt. Joe Dirt. Yeah, no. I spent a whole Saturday watching that. It was like two was hours good. of my life. I'm never getting it was, back. It was like 80 minutes. It was not two hours. <laughs> what? It felt like two hours. <laughs> Ken says this was made way more interesting than anything on Raw. I'm going to be bringing you guys a lot of interesting videos in the in, probably in the fall. I'm going to start a new series that you guys are going to like an awful lot, or you'll be horrified by it. Uh, yeah. Is it going to be Sean's Firefly Funhouse? Not quite. Not quite. Injection says Vince has too many things he's focused on with all these with all this content he's created to where his thirty year old wrestling show is suffering. Missed you, SRS. I had Friday off. I did watch SmackDown, and let me tell you, the end of SmackDown was one of the best ends to a WWE show that I've seen in a long, long time. I hated it. Sorry. Wow, you're weird. No, you're, you're weird. Weird. It was not good. The end of SmackDown wasn't yeah, I good. I didn't think it was good. I'm sorry. Woo! Aaron H says, "Any chance we get a Salcedo version of Sour Grabs in the future?" Yeah, absolutely. Denise is going to yeah. bury WWE for the rest of her life. Now. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Have you? I, I don't do that. No. Yes. Yes. No. Uh, <laughs> That's it. I'm going to be positive this entire show. No, please don't. Watch August me. 3 says they need to rename this program because it's not raw or wrestling. It's a nothing program that produces apathy and kills brain cells. Damn. Damn. Uh, Ken Shiro says dark side of MMA. Book advice. Nope. That's me. I'm doing that. Nerd Guru says on vacation this week. So no WWE TV for me, but I imagine I missed uh, absolutely as per usual Every Monday, nothing. Raw continues to be garbage. Yikes. Um, well, Seamus came out, Denise. Yeah. What did I tell you last week, Denise? Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. I forgot about this part. I was like, wait, okay, where are we going with this? All right, mm-hmm. all right, all right. No lie. I popped for this. I popped for this. I was like, yes, it's Umberto. Sean you, hates Umberto. You I felt popped, so happy. Yeah, I felt you, happy. You didn't pop for this because you like Umberto. You popped no. for this because you sat here on this show yeah. and you said last week, who do you think's going to answer the challenge next week? And I said, it's going to be fucking Umberto. Because why would it be anybody else? That's the way they book this stuff. Okay, that's not necessarily why I popped. I popped for this because I was like, oh, I know Sean's going to be pissed when Umberto comes out, and that is why I popped. I was like, yeah, go Umberto. I was rooting for him. You know what? I didn't think this was terrible, okay? Based on all the events that transpired on today's show, I didn't think Umberto coming out was the worst thing, all right? It was the most predictable horseshit. Now they're going to have a match. Predictable, yes. Okay. 
and they booked Sheamus exactly like they have. Denise, it is a bit on our show. We've made fun of this for years about how Sheamus is booked as a heel. He is a bully. Then they punch him in the face. And then he's like, what? That, that, that baby face that I made fun of, that I bullied, hit me? Um, Sean, are you done gurgling here? I did not think this was terrible. It was okay? terrible. It no, was the laziest I shit. Was terrible. And I think that it's better for Umberto to get this match next week, hopefully, with Sheamus, than sitting backstage at catering all the dang time. Let the guy come out here and have a moment, have a match. Let him win the hearts of all the Sean Ross saps out there in the world who don't like him. Give the guy a chance. Yeah, I'm okay with that. It's just, it was very, it was very predictable. And that's, that's okay. Predictable isn't bad if it's good. But then they resorted to the same Seamus booking that they've done for a decade now. When he, I'm, I'm literally writing a feature on Wrestle Talk Magazine about this. I love Sheamus's in-ring work. There are a few people I like watching wrestle more than Sheamus right now. He is kicking ass. He's doing great. But they booked him the same way. When he's a baby face, he comes out and makes wisecracks. He's walking down the ramp with the microphone, making little jokes and all that stuff. When he's a heel, it's always this. Always, always this. Except when he was with the bar because he, he shared the spotlight with Cesaro. He deserves better than this. He was wrestling on borrowed time, and he is giving them his body right now, and they're booking him doing the same shit they had him do. And let me tell you, I covered SmackDown when there was no brand split, so I saw a lot of this because sometimes they would do it two times in a week. Oh, man. Well, I feel like you can also make that argument for probably a couple more people that, A, they deserve better, and B, they've been booked the exact same way for, like, ever. Yeah. Taxel says, I was a huge fan of Humberto until they taught me not to care, just like The Fiend. I'm telling you, Humberto with with his cousin in a tag team would be a lot of fun. It would be. I mean, I don't trust creative for it, but at least they would have good matches. Basetone says, Sean Ross Sapp channeling his inner Vaughn. (laughs) It's fun. I think I thought that was the other one. I thought that was maybe. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Kate says, Tomatoes and water and schmozes. Oh my, I don't know what that is. I don't know what schmoz. Oh, schmozes. Okay. Yes, indeed. That was happening. Uh, John Sevak says, haven't watched Raw the last two weeks. Just watch you guys. Feeling more and more like this was a great decision. I used to encourage people to not do that, Denise. But now I do. I, now I do. Just because, I mean, I'm watching the show. You all, you all should too. I don't want to actively encourage somebody to not watch the show. I want them to make it up on their own. But what? Well, Unfortunately, there it well, there is you can come out here and say don't watch the show, right? But you're not the only person out here on the world of social media criticizing the show. So when everybody's seen that there's nothing necessarily no reason for them to come in and watch, it's like, well, what can you do? Well, there is a reason for you guys to come in and watch tomorrow night, 10 10 p.m. Eastern. Alex Palowski does our post NXT review. Make sure you guys check that out. Bezo Banks says, look at the new banners for Raw and SmackDown and tell me which show we should be watching. You have the new SmackDown 6, as Twitter puts it, and then there's Raw. And that's on that's on Raw, because Raw should, uh, Braun Strowman should be a huge deal. Drew should be a huge deal. Bobby Lashley, I think, is a pretty big deal. But you got to have other people. You can't just have them. You, wh- what's Bray Wyatt doing? 
What about Umberto? Uh, up next, Gabe Teal says, WWE really threw Bray to the side and gave his gimmick to Alexa. I feel so bad for Bray. I do too, because they take advantage of how creative he is and how well he pulls this off. Alexa, this, I actually laughed really hard at the, the jump scare tonight. <laughs> I got my wife with it too. It was Shot. good. Shot, this is what I mean. We don't find the same things funny at all. I found it funny because it was so stupid. It was just the dumbest shit. I loved it. I really did. Oh, man. Uh, but that, that was it. Alexa says Lily is responsible for what I'm going to do next. Whatever, man. Who gives a shit? I don't even have a comment. I mean, it did it did throw me off the whole ha-ha. But I was just like, no. It was just more of, oh, no, please don't do this. I didn't laugh, though, whatsoever. Yeah, we got somebody saying... Twitter is a small audience. You know what also is a small audience? WWE Monday Night Raw viewership. That's a very small audience compared to what it used to be, buddy. Um, Mo Rose says, Humberto only being booked because of Andrade's comments. You know what? Lines up, Denise. I'm not going to say it is or not, but it lines up. So I did an interview with Cinta de Oro, who used to be Cincara recently, and me I too. haven't released that interview yet. But me is, okay, well, let me. Can I? Can I say what I was going to say, Sean? Yes. Or do you always have to steal the spotlight? Give yes. me a second here. All right, this is you know what? You're WWE booking. You're not letting the Mexican get a word in, get a spotlight in the damn show. You just want me sitting, sitting here in my version of catering while you take up the spot. <laughs> Damn. All right. What I wanted to say doesn't even matter anymore. What I wanted to say, though, is that we spoke about the fact that as Mexicans, unfortunately, we're not always in unity in terms of speaking out together cohesively as a group to say we need more opportunities. And that is one of the big things that is lacking when it comes to this whole argument about Mexicans and representation on uh, on television, especially for, you know, speaking and wrestling and American promotions and all of that. And we were talking about that. So if this is something of, let's just say that because of Andrade's comments, he did get some sort of opportunity. You know what? At this point, so be it because nobody is speaking out and nobody is saying anything like we don't I don't know what it is I guess it's just the culture but we don't necessarily unite to speak out and look at what happens when people actually speak out and say hey we need to do more about this and that's why I'm speaking out we demand Denise Salcedo actually gets time to speak on this show (sighs) Evan writes this must be nice Sean my blood like my heart's pounding is Sasha shooting the Mandalorian again? When she does, it's not going to take up as much time as you guys think it's going to take up. That that much, I promise you. But, yeah. Up next, we have probably what I consider the best thing on the show. Riddle and Randy Orton just talking to each other backstage. And they got some good chemistry in these promos. I really like this. Like, the back and forth. Randy Orton saying, I'm not sure what planet you're from. And Riddle just says, Earth. He's like, shut up. We don't have a lot in common. And Riddle goes, except we're both from Earth. This was really good. I thought this was the best thing in the show by a mile. 
It was one of my favorite things on the show. Yes. And I, you know that I haven't necessarily always loved all of the backstage stuff that they've done with Matt Riddle, but I liked this. I really did. And it's, I thought that the chemistry that between Matt Riddle and Randy Orton actually worked out really good because when Randy Orton does the shows, his funny side, it actually comes across like very enjoyable, you know, similar to like, cause it, it doesn't come across as forced or, or it doesn't feel fake. It actually feels like it's something that genuine he thinks is funny so it comes across like that on the show and I didn't like what they did last week I love what they did this week with them so I was a fan of this and I actually would like to see more of RK bro is that there RK bro RK yeah. bro uh Riddle even Bros. said it was it was catchy and or Randy Orton said it was catchy and Riddle was like hey we'll get matching snake skin speedos and Orton was just like shut up let's go do this I got us a match uh, get in your super chats like Jason Blair did. He said, glad I tuned in time for the RK Bro segment. And CJ Dar says, hopefully RK Bro leads to more focus on the tag team division in the future. I hope anything does because the more important things are, it's a domino effect. The more important one thing is, the more important other things can be. And they had a match and they teamed up and Riddle worked the baby face role. And hey, that's probably good. I reported on a Randy Orton injury today, so... Good reason why he wasn't working the lion's share of this match. Riddle can sell his ass off. And they got the win. And Riddle even got tagged in to finish the match. I loved Corey Graves, like, anticipating Randy Orton. He's like, oh, and here comes the arcade. Oh, no, that's not it. And now Randy Orton's going to turn on Riddle. Oh, no. Like, I love that he was, like, waiting for it. I thought this was a lot of fun. Actually, I thought it was a lot of fun, too, but my favorite part was actually when uh, Matt Riddle celebrated when he got the tag in. He's like, yes, like, this is happening. Woo-hoo. I thought that was really funny. There are some people, like, when when Drew is backstage dorking out for Hulk Hogan and posing with him, I don't think it makes him look good. When Matt Riddle's doing it, that's a little bit different. That That fits him a little bit more. Uh, Matthew Karen says, anyone else do the bite along with Lily? No, I do not. I do not. <laughs> Shovel Ross sat burying Denise. Finish him, Denise. Fatality. Denise doesn't even know anything about Mortal Kombat. That doesn't work. No, I don't want to watch Mortal Kombat. looks really boring, but either way. It was fun. It was all right. It was... I don't even know what it's about, so. Wow. Well, I mean, at one point, now I can't give away spoilers. I can't give away spoilers on here. Uh, Sonya Deville is backstage. Now, I did see some people say, oh, well, she's on SmackDown. What the hell is she doing here? I should reiterate, like, like, I am a stickler for the brand split and all that. She did not get drafted. She is not on any brand. She was out of WWE. She is an official, just like Adam Pearce. I thought she was on the SmackDown brand. She was not drafted to SmackDown. No, she wasn't even in the draft last year because she had been... Uh, she lost the match at SummerSlam to get out of WWE. And she's got Charlotte Flair. She brings out Eddie Aringo, the referee, says that Adam Pierce's decision to suspend Charlotte was rushed. Charlotte apologized for manhandling Eddie, and he says that he accepts the apology. It would have been a DQ if he had seen it. But Charlotte wants an apology, too, and he gives her one. And then she says, good boy. I loved this segment. I thought this was was natural, easy, common-sense booking. Easy stuff. What do you think of this? I think this is the best way to utilize Charlotte Flair. I think she's good in this role. I I liked everything that she did in here. I found this exciting. It's kind of 
to me, there was a very there was a there was only a few things on this show where I was kind of hanging on, wondering, well, what's going to happen next? What what is this person going to do next? And this was one of those segments when when I was watching, I was thinking to myself, all right, cool, I like the Charlotte. What is Charlotte going to do next? Is she going to snap right now? When is she going to snap? When is she going to go mad? And I like that, and I feel like it's such a natural fit for her to do this role that I have, like, and that's okay. So. I'm going to bring this up later on because it coincides a lot with Rhea Ripley and completely the polar opposite of what I think they should be doing with Rhea Ripley. But in the meantime, I just want to say that I'm a fan of what they're doing right now with Charlotte. Yeah, I liked it an awful lot. I thought it was good. Um, Somebody says they thought she was a SmackDown official only. I, I don't know if they ever said that, but that's very easy to get around. It's a simple, no, she's not type of thing. But backstage... Adam Pierce is not happy about this. Not happy. Sonya says that she was trying to tell him ahead of time. Didn't end up happening. Now is we she see- not allowed to make this. De- what, what's her power? Like, is she not allowed to make decisions without the approval of Pierce? Well, originally it felt like she was his assistant or something. So I guess that I'm hoping that will be clarified a little bit more in the future. But uh, we saw some stuff with Mandy and Dana that would circle back and Sonya approaches them. And it's like, Hey, you guys are bullies, Mandy. You're going to face Charlotte. I'm like, okay, cool. This is a short enough match. Of course they had to work in a distraction because it's the women's division. And they do that because WWE is very lazy about that. And you got to have a distraction, but Charlotte wins a pretty short match. We had Zach Barber say Charlotte is uber talented, but she's already over. Can they please get someone, anyone else over? I don't have a problem with a single thing they did with Charlotte tonight. She is a top star, and I, I, I don't mind it at all. And I actually like this. I thought this was common sense booking as well. Have her beat somebody that makes Charlotte look good, doesn't hurt them at all to lose to her, and that's what they did. The match was fine. I thought the segment was good. And it felt a little bit new because it's not something that you see every day. So the match was fine. It it was a match. Like, I didn't think it was anything special. But for the most part, it was perfectly fine. Also, I should circle back to the RK Bro thing. I'm glad they're not splitting up. There's there's a segment on WWE Digital I have not watched yet. But they did like a a 90-second backstage thing. But you just know they're going to have those two face Shelton and Cedric again next week. You just know it's going to happen. And that's frustrating. Very that frustrating. Is. Especially because there's they there's no reason for us to care at the moment about Cedric or Shelton. Yeah. Robert says, all I said was, why throw uh, Virk into Raw? Why not start him on 205 Live main event? I realize now Tom Phillips is pretty good. Yes, Tom Phillips was a very underrated person that, for some reason, Vince just keeps moving out of this position. And if he was left to his own devices, he'd be even better. If he didn't have to do all the, oh, and ooh shit that all these announcers have to do and sound like robots, he'd be even better. Tom Phillips is a really good pro wrestling commentator that they just keep, they just keep hosing. It's so, so weird. So in between those Charlotte segments, we had a six-woman tag and backstage... We had Reginald, Naya, and Shayna, and they're arguing about distractions. And Angel Garza gives Naya some flowers. I did laugh when she hit Mandy or Mandy with the flowers just because it was so just ridiculous. I was like, eh, okay, whatever. She ruined those flowers, man. 
Yeah, she was like, these are so beautiful. And then she immediately hit somebody in the face with them. And the match, the six-woman tag, I liked the in-ring action. But all the distractions and all the shenanigans and all the horse shit. And when I say that, I'm talking about Mandy and Dana coming out, throwing a pail of water on Shane. Now, keep in mind, they're already distracted. Then Nia slipping in it over and over again. Then Reginald gets involved. It's got to be all this stuff. It's got to be all this. And then the heels are going to win? All that for the heels to win, Denise? All right. So here's my whole situation. All right. I don't even know where to start. All right. First and foremost, I'm going to start off with the fact that Rhea Ripley should not be a heel. She should not be. I don't know why they're booking her this way, but I don't like it. It doesn't feel natural. And that's when that's one of the things that I brought up when I was talking about Charlotte, how what they're doing with her feels completely natural. And you already have her doing, you know, her her stuff. So I don't understand why we can't have Rhea as a face and actually have her be booked well as a baby face and have her be the complete polar opposite of Charlotte Flair. So for me, I just don't understand why she's been put in this role on Raw. And that was one of the things that just first and foremost, I was not a fan of. Uh, Secondly, I just don't want, and I've said this so many times, but again, I have to say it because you mentioned all of this stuff, you know, the slip and slide thing with Nia Jax and the water and Mandy and Dana and all of this nonsense, right? I don't like that being mixed in with the Raw Women's Championship picture. It really makes the champion not look, not, I can't, you can't take the champion seriously when they're involved in these crazy, silly storylines or angles and all of this. And then even with the finish, I don't understand why you couldn't give your champion, Rhea Ripley, the damn win. If you're going to already have them win the match, okay, great. Why couldn't she get the pin? Why did it have to be for Nia? What is happening here? She hit her finish and then tagged in Nia for, for that, that leg drop. Exactly. And, and, and also, I just want to say, Rhea Ripley has way better chemistry with both Naomi and Lana than she ever has Asuka. Like, I love the, the interaction with Naomi. Like, there are some people, when Naomi gets in the ring with them, boy, does it click and you're like, okay, that's that's going to be good. Because they can they can work with her style. And Rhea Ripley really could. I'll tell you what is telling, Denise. They used their own terrible booking to scare us into those near falls. You know what I mean? By you, thinking the, that... By that thinking Lana that was going to pin yes. Rhea. I thought Lana was going to pin Rhea during that spot as well. When she, uh, I, think she I think she got her in a roll-up really quickly or something like that. And, and a crucifix, that, yeah. Thank you. In that part... In that part, I thought for a second, oh, man, Lana's going to win here. And I thought, just no, no, no. And then when they did it, I thought, oh, that is definitely like, I don't know why I felt that way during during this. Zach Barber says, that segment was embarrassing for the women's division. Charlotte gets a singles match. Everybody else involved in this hot mess. Bro, you got to get rid of the hate boner for Charlotte, man. She is a top star. Like, they, they, they could have done that and something else. Like, it doesn't have to be one or the other like they they did a lot of stupid stuff but what charlotte's Charlotte's fault it ain't charlotte's fault i mean you are you are being sold a ticket by charlotte right now because this is her whole gimmick right now richie Goodcare says Rhea doesn't come off as a major champion she's just there seems like she's fourth in the hierarchy behind charlotte naya and shana i don't disagree with that at all and that that thing that you mentioned denise her not just getting the pin 
that that adds to it. It does. It doesn't make her look like a dominant champion. It kind of looks like, all right, we wanted to make a little headline for WrestleMania, so we crowned a new champion, and that's it. Sexy Pheasant says, come on, gang, let's start a save Shayna trend. I mean, she won tonight, so save it for another night. I think probably. at this point, save Rhea trend. YouTube Championship Wrestling says, Raw Women's Division is the worst in the world. Oh, boy, it ain't the worst in the world. Uh, that, but it's one of the worst booked in the world. That's for sure. MC Carvalho says, good episode. The first hour eh. hour one and two were good. Lana and Mandy impressed me a lot tonight. Lana and Naomi looked very good with Rhea. It felt like there was like one good thing per hour or one, one decent thing. I should say I'm grading on that raw curve, Denise, but, but yes, I thought that Lana and Naomi did look very good with Rhea. And that made me think, all right, let's get. Let's get Naomi some wins and let, let's get her a title shot because why not? I've been feeling that way ever since she returned. I mean, I've said this a million times, but let's not forget she was one of the she was one of the highlights of the women's Royal Rumble. She made like a lot of those moments really. She made that help make that match very memorable. All her back and forth stuff that she did with Bianca was really great. And I kind of felt like okay maybe they're gonna give her a nice you know solid singles singles push something and then she kind of got shoved into this with lana and yeah it's all cute what they're doing and all but it's not necessarily you know anything that's a big deal for her ricardo holt says sick of naya having the hogan armor it is weird it is weird how much she's protected and Norm says, at least Shayna didn't take another pin. The whole women's division deserves better. Yes, they do. They deserve better than than how they're booked. Three-hour show. You can do three matches. It's okay. Evan Wright says, Nia took a better bump for the water than she has for anybody else. Looked like Gallo's bumping for Phoenix. I'd watch that over again, Evan. Uh, I didn't think so. Truth be told, says, with Rhea needing more heel heat, what do you think about having the Riot Squad as her lackeys? All three have a similar aesthetic to me. I think the Riot Squad are really likable right now. I think that'd do the opposite of it. I think they're natural baby faces, as we've seen. It's just they're booked like dog shit. I just think Rhea should be booked as person who kicks people's asses. She doesn't care what you are. Yeah, she's lost a lot of that. She's lost a lot of the I sh- of the. You used to look at her and think, okay, she could kill anybody. Now it does it. She's losing that. Gabe Teal says, do you ever think they'll get rid of the women's tag titles? They seem pointless, and it's the worst thing on the show most weeks. Let me tell you guys, I'm not trying to, like, attack you or anything, but the answer should not be, get rid of this. The answer shouldn't be, oh, combine this. And uh, The answer should be, they should just book this shit better. They should just book better. They should make it more important. They created them. The reason they created it was because there was so much talent. They've got talent. It's a matter of not writing lazy, reheated stuff. And uh, unfortunately, they do that. Some stupid punk says, fellow band bully on Facebook, got a band for using the term nostalgia monkeys like spot monkeys uh, for those that dump modern wrestlers and only praise 80s and 90s. Well, right there with you, bud. You think I'll get a little, do you think I'll get at least a couple weeks shaved off my, uh, my suspension, Denise? Why? I don't know. I appealed it, and I'm, I'm going to try no. to going to try to trim a little off there. Well, I it's don't a good. Think so. You'll be there for thirty days. You'll come back. You'll be fine for a week, and you'll be back in Facebook jail. Well, thankfully, I can trim something else thanks to our friends at Manscape.com. 
Use that code Fightful. Flowers are blooming. The grass. Man, I already messed up the ad read. I I said the flowers are blooming. The glass is glowing. That sounds like a death match, Denise. And trust me, Denise, you don't want your nuts to look like you've been through an exploding barbed wire death match. No, I want nuts. Thanks. Manscaped.com code Fightful gets you right there. You can trim all your holes safely and efficiently. We're talking about ball trimmers here. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing products. Have you heard of their Weed Whacker? It's a nose and ear hair trimmer that provides proprietary skin-safe technology that helps prevent nicks, snags, tugs, and all those delicate holes. No more gross nose hairs just, just flipping around in the wind. That Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor, 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. It's making whacking those weeds a time to look forward to. Get out there into your garden and make sure you've got that bad boy tilled up, my friends. Speaking of incredible hygiene, they have formulations to keep you fresh and ready. The Crop Preserver, that's anti-chafing ball deodorant. The Crop Reviver, that's spray-on toner for your balls. Plus, they have actual cologne, not for your balls. Don't spray that on there, but just cologne to make you smell more desirable. 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code FIGHTFUL at Manscaped. Smell good, feel good this spring. 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code FIGHTFUL at Manscaped.com. And just hit them up at Manscaped on Twitter. Let them know you heard about them from us. Even if you don't order their product, just let them know you heard about them from us. It helps an awful lot. Trim your garden. JoJo says, hi, Sean and Denise Swift. Why are they not utilizing a real tag team like the Riot Squad, but Lana and Naomi are a team? Naomi should be a singles competitor. She deserves better. Shayna, too. Yeah, uh, I think that Naomi as a singles act with like Lana by her side isn't a bad idea right now. Like, hit the brakes on them as a team. But I think the Riot Squad should be pushed a lot more. Or they can even do, like, I mean, they can have them do tag team matches, Naomi and Lana, but also give them, give Naomi especially, some more, you know, singles matches. I don't see why they can't do both with her. Dylan Colonza says, shovel raw sap, burying pubes, very sad, buddy. Don't be, don't be gross. Get rid of those bad boys. Colin Mule says, remember the 24-7 title? It changed hands. They they did a digital skit uh, recently, I think. I didn't see that. I don't know. Uh, I heard about it. Didn't see it. There you go. Uh, Joe Carter says we need, well, but, but to add more to that, yes. And unless this is their way to quietly get rid of that, they need to have it on the show or figure out something. But I think that title could be a lot of fun. But again, it's lazy, Denise. It's the same thing. Yeah, it could be fun. I agree with that, especially if they switched it up, man. Even did some stuff like, like I don't know, out on the street, something. Just give us a change of scenery, anything at this point. Well, that's the thing. Do it out on the street. Do it at, at a club. Do it at a hot dog stand Hotel, for the love of God. anywhere. I don't care. Anywhere. Because backstage Carter, is not, yeah. Joe Carter says, we need more women's titles so we can have better storylines and not drop women. They got a bunch of women's titles. They just got to use them. And Zach Barber says, Three matches, feuds for the women would be fantastic. I just want other women built up instead of Charlotte being the crutch. It's Vince, not Charlotte. But, I mean, you still got to keep her strong because she is something important in in that division. Uh, But 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't get all of the blame on Charlotte. I really don't. And I think that she has earned her spot. And I feel like it's just something so constant that I, I, I don't get why she gets all this hate. And she's a good performer. She's a really good performer. And, and I like that. I also like the list in your boy, you guys. Make sure you check it out every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. We're probably going to get started a few minutes early this week because I'll be on Quizzlemania. Check that out. We got the AEW post show, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern. But we have hit the home stretch of this show. Please leave a thumbs up. Please subscribe and get your super chats in. Throughout the night, Braun Strowman, or actually Drew, went to Adam Pierce and said, Hey, I want Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman said, yeah, well, I didn't get pinned in that match. Randy Orton did. I want an eliminator match to be a top contender. And Adam Pierce said, okay. I mean, that's cool. I'm, I'm cool with that. It added some stakes to this. MVP and Lashley, understandably, were not happy, Denise. And I'm glad that, that MVP explained it. He was like, that's how Lashley lost his U.S. title. So they got a reason to not be cool with this. So happy that they made that connection because it's like, yeah, he should. You know, obviously he's been through this before and it's something that happened recently. It wasn't even anything that long ago either. So I did like that they mentioned this. I actually thought that Bobby Lashley's promo for today was one of the highlights of Raw along with some of the other parts that we mentioned. He's getting more comfortable. He's doing that thing like an impact where he woke up and he's like, I'm the baddest dude in this company. And then he's acting like it. And I really, really love it. This is his chance. Like, you don't know if he's going to get this chance again down the line. I don't know. This is it. Like, this is the opportunity to really make it into something. And I get it. Like, there isn't very much, you know, you know, there isn't very many options for different stories for him at the moment. So make it work. And I do feel like we're finally starting to get that ball rolling with him there. This is his run. This is his run. And Jamie Miles said, Drew versus Braun? What happened to Drew versus Bobby? Well, I mean... That was set for WrestleMania backlash, but now it's going to be Braun Strowman in that match, and nothing gets me hype for a title match like one of the participants getting distracted like a dork and pinned. Uh, now, the match itself, again, I liked. It's a sirloin beef sons of bitches match. Drew threw Braun all the way across the ring. Braun caught Drew in this badass powerbomb. There was an avalanche brain buster that looked badass. That was cool. And then they did all the distractions. What the hell? I think for me, it's just like the number one thing that I've been noticing since, you know, WrestleMania. Heck, since Drew McIntyre really lost the title, it's really been just like the booking for him has not been that great. It's like he went from being this guy that was being protected. You knew that he was one of their top guys as the champion, obviously, all of that. But since then, it has just kind of fallen apart. And here's the thing is that besides, you know, Drew McIntyre, I know they're including Braun Strowman into this now. But who else is there that has been built enough to actually be an appropriate challenger for Bobby Lashley? There really isn't anybody else out there. And they literally put Braun in this because there was nobody else and they didn't want to make it feel like it was the exact same thing that we just saw. So it's kind of telling that there really isn't very much option four possible storylines, four possible feuds for Bobby Lashley, your champion. So, and this, unfortunately, like seeing, seeing Drew, you know, essentially laid out and pinned is one of the examples as to why nobody cares about these baby faces that WWE creates. This was exhibit A of that. So Lashley and MVP caused the distraction because they won a one-on-one match. 
And that gets Drew the advantage. That's who they want to win. Then not retribution come out, cause a distraction, and Drew gets pinned. This has to lead to some anger between MVP, Lashley, and them because they have been colossal screw-ups throughout this. I mean, maybe not colossal screw-ups now that I think about it. It's just they aren't booked strong because they've they've had four matches and somehow won a couple by DQ and Countout, but they haven't done anything to really affect these guys. In fact, they made it more difficult for Bobby Lashley. Uh, somebody asking Keith Lee's status, he ain't cleared. But do you think that goes anywhere? Like, Or do they just abandon it next week? I think next week it's going to be something that's abandoned. Like, I don't oh, think it's going to be something we're going to circle back on. So sad. Guys, please remember, if you're watching this video, leave a thumbs up. I can't tell you how much that helps us, especially after what we sat through. JoJo says, I don't like Charlotte, but she's talented. I just think the overexposure and the title picture and the character development before now did it for me. I agree. She should not necessarily be in the title picture. I think she should run through everybody until she can't be out of the title picture. I'm Alucha says, I got here late, but I had to pay up for the visuals from last night. That was two caps and a stem wavy. And Ian says, keep staring at the UK behind you, Sean. I want to say RIP Terrence Clark. Yes, uh, Kentucky basketball player Terrence Clark, unfortunately, passed away last week. It hit our area really, really hard. Sending love to his family, his friends, his teammates, his coaches, and, of course, his fans. That is that is tragic. Just 19 years old. So terrible. Uh, Mike Dempsey says, not Raw-related, but how bad do you want to see Osprey versus Omega? I bet it'd be a great match. I think it'd be really, really good. But yeah, I, I don't know if that's going to be happening. But it's a dream match for sure. Yeah. And if they wouldn't have gotten rid, combined those two belts, Omega could win two more. <laughs> oh, Seriously? man. Denise, tell the people what you got going on. All right, I got tons of stuff going on, guys. Just follow me on Twitter and or on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Go there. I have a million shows a week. Again, I'll be covering NXT, AEW, SmackDown, just everything. So make sure you guys go and follow. I post all the links on there. And that's kind of about it. Mike Dempsey says, Thought about, thoughts about a woman's intercontinental title of some ki- or some kind of mid-card belt? That's what the tag titles are. They should use those. I like the idea of it. But I think they could also um, they could also do some stuff where one of their titles is floating. But they they just went away with that as well, guys. We have so much coverage. We have the Impact post show. We had a UFC watch along. One of the greatest UFC cards of all time was Sunday. I got an Eddie Edwards interview. I got another interview uh, coming up Thursday. But we've got just so much stuff over at Fightful.com. Please subscribe to Fightful Select. Until next time, we're out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.